Where does yesterday's future, which is already here, ready here, ready here, ready here, meet today's future, which is about to happen, and tomorrow's future, which could be just minutes away? Welcome to Technology Revolution, the future of now. Where host Bonnie D. Graham asks savvy futurists for their predictions about the tech-driven trends that are shaping our future right now. Here's your host who will take us into the future of now, Bonnie D. Graham. Ooh, I always expect a rocket ship to go across Zoom when that opening. Thank you to Ryan Treasure, VP of, I call him VP of everything at World Talk Radio, Voice America, my co-producer and the voice of that interesting opening. We are here with a very important topic. It affects anybody who's anybody. I heard years ago that if you don't have a social presence online, this was quite a few years ago, you don't exist. I didn't say you're dead. I said you don't exist. You have to have a footprint somewhere. How many times have you tried to look up somebody you went to school with, somebody who was a neighbor, somebody you used to work with, and you can't find them because there are 12,000 Gary Smiths on Facebook? I don't know. But anyway, we all need to have a social footprint. So we're going to talk today about what your personal branding on social media does to impact your future success. It could already be impacting your success right now. What does it do to your ability to get a job, your ability to start a company, your ability to get funding, your ability to, I'm going to say it, buy a house, get into a college, get a job, uh, meet a partner, do anything like that. So I have a couple of interesting quotes, and then I'll introduce my panel, and I'll have them tell us more about them. So let me go to my first opening quote. I have a quote here from um, The Muse, T-H-E-M-U-S-E.com. Listen up. This is packed with a lot of information. Social media can be a powerful tool for your professional life. It can also be full of pitfalls. Employers and recruiters regularly check candidates' social media profiles before hiring. Screenshots of your status updates and tweets mean your electronic words can live forever. Try to delete them. Somebody already grabbed them. Uh Uh-oh. And your activity can go back to haunt you. Every post you've ever liked you've commented on or shared, in addition to posts you're sharing to your feed, are all part of your history, your social impact. And I have one more quote from digitalmarketinginstitute.com. This is our buzz number two. Creating a personal brand on social media, it's about what you stand for and what people should expect. Loic is nodding. What you should expect when they see you've posted a new piece of content. So I have Three people who've been with me on many shows and a newcomer. I'll tell you who he is. We have Louis Simon. We have Lindsay Boggs. We have, raise your hand. We have Jonathan Pogat. Well, he'll introduce himself in a minute, who is working with somebody who's been on many shows and Sylvia Latchkar. I'm going to ask them to predict how your personal social brand can help or hurt your future success, your career, your business, your influence, your reputation, which is really what it's all about, and your lifestyle. And I will do a quick sidebar to my panel and tell you that there are times when I have a guest recommended for one of my radio shows and I research them and I look at their posts, especially on Twitter or LinkedIn. And sometimes I see some political advocacy of things that I find not acceptable to me as a person, as, as who I am. And I hesitate before I want them on the show. It matters to me who they are and what they represent. So I'm sure a lot of people are like that. Let's go around the table and get started. Luik Simon, welcome. I know you're busy. Social Selling Forum. And I'm going to put you, by the way, Luik has a 49-inch screen where he posts about 12,000 pieces of information. There he is. You can see him in a second on the Facebook live stream. Luik, welcome. Welcome back. Please introduce yourself. Take about three minutes if you can squeeze it all into that amount of time and tell us, remind everybody. And week if there's maybe two people in the world who don't know who you are, 
I'm just going to say shame on them. Go ahead, Luik. As you can see, I'm a digital native of the 80s with IBM <laughs> at that time. And uh, I'm the founder right now of the Social Selling Forum, which, as you can hear, is a, is a forum about social selling, leveraging social networks to sell, to sell oneself, to sell our brand, to sell products, and so on. And I've already committed 72 of those forums in, uh, in a little bit more than five years, which is quite a lot. And since one year, of course, it's online and no more in the flesh. But then I discovered all the beauties of doing everything online with a studio and so on and so on in the forum. And Sylvie, who is here, is, is, has also organized some of those forums with me, with SAP. Yeah, that's who I am right now. I am really convinced about the sales and sales transformation. This is my background. And I think today, salespeople and all the guys should be on of course, on social networks, which many of them still are not correctly. Okay. Louis, quick question before I, I go to the next person who will be Lindsay, but Louis, what's, what's your quick take on this topic? Is it dangerous? People, oh, I'm posting pictures of everything, my family, my friends, and the car I bought and where I went for lunch and, and who I socialized with and when I went out to a bar and my colleagues and I having a party. Is that dangerous? Is it something that people should think about the long-term impact? Yes or no? Yeah, I always talk about alter ego. I think we should all have a, a better version of ourselves. And this is the version we should strive to, be, to become. And this is the one we should project online in, in all the social networks. We should not be so much in the dirt. Yeah, that's my, my, my take on this. Thank you. Thank you very much, Lindsay Boggs. Welcome back. You have a very personal take, I know, which we'll get into during the show on social media, personal branding. Lindsay, welcome. And why don't you remind people who you are? Go ahead. Yeah, thank you so much for having me again. My name is Lindsay Boggs. I've been in sales for about 10 years. Most recently, I am a sales leader at Citrix, where I lead a team of sales development professionals. I would say, um, you know, my big turning point was mm -hmm. about 10 years ago, I started doing social selling before it was a thing. I was using LinkedIn to prospect. I was using LinkedIn to get relationships to book meetings. And that was a thing that was not normal back 10 years ago. Now it's obviously the thing to do. And so I was kind of labeled a pioneer in that space. And it led me to a lot of great events, great personal branding opportunities with Shaquille O'Neal, Gary Vaynerchuk, and ultimately had a nervous breakdown in 2016, which we'll get to talking about a little bit later. And uh, my, my brand changed to be more of like a mental health advocate. And so I co-founded a nonprofit on mental health about two years ago. And that's something I'm really passionate about. So that's a little bit about me. Thank you, Lindsay. And you're an example of sharing the good, the not so good, the happy, the not so happy, and real authenticity, real people, what matters to you, who you are, and perhaps helping somebody else along the way. Thank you, Lindsay, so much. Let's move on. Jonathan Pogat, I haven't met you until about 20 minutes ago. Happy to have you. You were referred to us by Brandon Bornanson at Seamless.ai. So, Jonathan, please do us the honor of introducing yourself. Go ahead. Absolutely. Uh, honored to be here. Um, my name is Jonathan Pogat, VP of Marketing at Seamless AI. Uh, we help make prospecting easier uh, by helping salespeople, leaders, individual contributors, and organizations um, reach their ideal client profile and customers. So um, I've been in marketing and advertising for 20 years. I spent 16 years working at Agencies started my career off in direct response, so stuff like direct mail and package inserts and mm. all this crazy <laughs> stuff, working with data, RFM data, 
and um, helped build out digital marketing practices in the early 2000s uh, for those companies. And eventually, um, about four years ago, uh, started working with some of the fastest growing in-house companies as well. And that would bring me, uh, brings me here. I think I have a unique perspective, starting my career in direct response, uh, had that kind of millennial career path. My internship in 2000 was Y2K compliance. You know, I was on LinkedIn <laughs> like many, like everybody here, right? When it was bad to be on LinkedIn, it meant you were looking for a job. <laughs> and today, obviously, it's part of our everyday fabric. Absolutely. And, wh- and what's your take? Is it dangerous to just throw stuff at social media in terms of your personal brand without thinking of ramifications, repercussions, ripples on the pond, if you will, Jonathan? Just a quick overview. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think everyone should be, you know, measured to a certain perspective, right? And think about the impact of who can see what's out there, because you have to assume that once it's out there, once you hit that post button, um, the public can see it, right? And there's pluses and minuses to that. And you just have to take that into consideration. Thank you very much. Consideration is what we're talking about. And Sylvie Latchkar, Sylvie, welcome back. I just had you on one of my prediction show as well as uh, Loic a couple of weeks ago, which I posted a, a clip on LinkedIn and it's getting a lot of attention. So happy to know that. And Sylvie, thank you for keeping on rippling out the impact of that clip. I appreciate it. Sylvie Latchkar, I can't imagine there's more than two tenths of one person in the world who doesn't know who you are. But talk to, talk to that person, please, and refresh their memory. Go ahead. Yeah, I don't think everybody knows me, unfortunately, or fortunately, I don't know. So uh, my name is Sylvie Lashkar. Uh, I sit in Paris, France. Uh, I work for SAP in a group called Industry Customer Advisory, which is a global group with all pre-sales, uh, all uh, consultants and um uh, major product management managers, and I ensure uh, all those people are using social media to uh, reach their objectives um, that are all different. I coach them, I train them, uh, uh, I am their social nanny, and <laughs> I know that you like that. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I love that. How, what about the pitfall, Sylvie? Do you counsel people to be careful what they post or to think five times before they click that post button? Yeah, uh, I think it's important because more and more people are communicating by themselves uh, everywhere uh, in uh, in different uh, platform. And when they go to Facebook or Instagram, it can be more personal and maybe there's no security. So uh, even there, uh, they have to um, they have to care about what they're publishing. Uh, it could be misinterpreted. So. And I forgot to say that I wrote a book about social selling, so I always forgot. So, What's the title of your book, Sylvie? Go ahead. It, oh, I have it here. It's, of course. Uh, Good. <laughs> there you um, go. Mastering Social Selling Like a Boss. I yeah. like that. By the way, I, what am I, I'm watching a, a TV series from a couple of years ago called Hustle with Adrian Lester and Robert Vaughn, and they have a cartoon type like the picture on your cover. I think they borrowed it from you, Sylvie, of a quote-unquote fat cat. I'll say a, a wealthy gentleman who's a little rotund, port, 
portly and he's smoking a cigar and they hook him. He's the mark. And they basically are like the, I can't use the word Robin Hood because of recent impact of that word, but they, they go for the greedy and the people who treat other people badly to, to steal, basically lift their money and or whatever it is from them and give it to somebody who deserves it or themselves in this case. So that reminds me of the intro to Hustle. The week is smiling. It's, it's a, a very interesting picture. Sylvie, thank you so much. Thank you all for the introductions. Now's the part of the show where I've asked my guests to select a quote from a movie, a song, or even a TV show. Yes, we've expanded to TV. People seem to have been able to run out of movie quotes. I don't know why. For some reason, there aren't enough movies to pick from. So Loic has picked, with my assistance and my suggestion, has picked a quote from The Wizard of Oz, 1939 American musical fantasy film produced by MGM, Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer, considered one of the greatest films of all time, the most commercially successful adaptation of L. Frank Baum's 1900 children's fantasy novel, which was titled The Wonderful Wizard of Oz. The movie starred Judy Garland as Dorothy Gale. And here is the quote. I won't attempt a Judy Garland accent because I don't remember what she sounds like. Toto, I have a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore. Loic, what in the world does this have to do with our topic? Go ahead. Yeah, but for sure we're not in Kansas Kansas anymore, as, we, as you would say. In France, I would not have picked this one, but I find it's, it's really relevant because what happens today is that we change all the time, all the time, all the time, and that we are never anymore in Kansas or in California or in Paris or wherever anymore. We have to go out, not go out, but to expand widely our comfort zone all the time, all the time right now, especially with COVID, where we have to change the way we work. I work this way now in another way. We have to, to imagine new ways of doing business, new ways of presenting ourselves, etc., etc. So I find when you, propo- when you suggested this quote to me, because I found another one, which is, was too French, uh, I, I found it resonated very well in me with this expansion of the comfort zone, in fact. Thank you. That's an interesting comment. The expansion yeah. of the comfort zone. I'm not say- going out, not going out yes. of the comfort zone, expanding widely our comfort zone, which and- is m- much better. And in fact, what we're talking about today may be an expansion of our discomfort zone. Where yeah. should we be uncomfortable doing something? Okay, we'll leave it at that. Thank you. Let's go to Lindsay. Lindsay has one favorite show she watches. It's The X-Files. And she picked a quote from Dana Scully, played by Gillian Anderson from The X-Files. This was season seven, which aired in 1999 to 2000. The episode was called All Things. And this is an American sci-fi TV series that started airing in the U.S. in 1999. And here is the quote. What if there was only one choice and all the others were wrong? And there were signs along the way to pay attention to. Oh, Lindsay, I'm getting chills on this one. Very apropos, I think. Go ahead and explain it, please. This part of the episode is a beautiful scene. Mulder and Scully have been on their missions for seven years at this point, and they are finally entering their romantic relationship, finally. And the fans have been wanting this for so many years. This part of the, the episode is really looking back on Scully's journey to where she is today. And she goes back in time and wonders, and she has different epiphanies. If I had chosen this path, would I end up where I am today? How it relates to this topic and, and what immediately came to me when you, when you presented this topic was, for me personally, the article I wrote in 2017 about my nervous breakdown on LinkedIn it was the number seven most read article of 2017, and number eight was Bill Gates. What? I 
had no plans for that article to be picked up. I wrote it as a therapy assignment and I wrote it and I've never actually read it. It's one of those things where I can't go back and read it. It's very emotional, but I wrote it in hopes of helping one person. And so how the quote relates to it is if I took another path, another, another way, would I be where I am today? And I think one of the things that's beautiful of what I've overcome in the past several years, losing my sister is finding peace. And that's where I'm at right now. Thank you, Lindsay. Personal stories, the authenticity, the heart. Lovely. Thank you very much for sharing that. And congratulations. I I don't know whether to say congratulations, wow, look what you did, or I'm just going to say so much meaning to what you said when you posted that to help one person to get it part of your therapy. You're, you're, You're coming out of wherever you were. And to know that that many people it resonated with that many people. Must have been very, very gratifying. And it did change your brand. Thank you very much, Jonathan Pogat. I'm looking at your quote. I think it's the first time we've had a Mad Men quote on the show. Don Draper, played by John Hamm in Mad Men, American period drama TV series on AMC Cable Network, 27, I'm sorry, 2007 to 2015. It had seven seasons, 92 episodes. I watched them all and I think I think I binged it in seven weeks, I think. Seven weekends I did that. Its fictional time frame runs from March 1960 to November 1970. And uh, interestingly enough, Mad Men was a slang term supposedly coined in the 50s by advertisers or admin working on Madison Avenue. Mad was short for Madison, Madison Avenue, New York City. But in fact, Jonathan, the only documented use of the phrase from that era may have been in the writings of James Kelly, who was an ad executive, and it wasn't popularly used at all. But here's the quote, and this is great. Success is about standing out, not fitting in. Jonathan, talk to me. What does this mean? Can't believe this is going to be the first Mad Men quote of the show, but it's my (laughs) all-time favorite show. And uh, I believe I binged it in about two weeks um, (laughs) in 2010, I think it was, uh, at at, uh, appendicitis. And I was Pretty much bedridden ah, for two line. weeks. I did nothing but watch <laughs> Mad Men. But um, huge fan of the show. And and for those that watch Mad Men, you know that Don Draper is a very complicated man, mm-hmm. and his business persona is very different than his uh, personal persona. I kind of wonder. I think I know how it would go, but I kind of wonder how Don Draper would do in the age of social media. I don't think he'd do very well. But uh, (laughs) success is about setting out, not fitting in. It's about differentiation. It's an episode where uh, you kind of see a changing of the guard at the agency. A lot of young uh, whippersnappers are are joining. And um, it's all about the Pepsi generation at that point. And everyone's conforming to the same type of advertising. And Don makes a stand with that very powerful quote. And, you know, it's always very Don Draper to stand out. And it should be uh, what we aim for as well. Right. I think people are looking for a unique point of view. Uh, They're looking to uh, follow people that are authentic and Mm -hmm. how they think, how they operate, the work they do, their personal lives. We're drawn to authenticity. And I think that's a lot of what Don was talking about. Thank you. Interesting. His whole life was a lie, wasn't it, Jonathan? He wasn't Don Draper at all. And I won't reveal any more, but he was complicated, self-inflicted complication by various twists and turns that he created or took advantage of. So he was, in a way, authentically the fictitious Don Draper, right? Incredible. Yeah, He created the fiction very well written. And if that show had aired in the age of Me Too, O-M-G. 
That's all I'll say. There was so much going on in those offices. It violated everything we hold dearer these days. Thank you very much. Sylvie Latchkar has sent us a quote from, oh, I love this, from The Devil Wears Prada, 2006 American comedy drama film. And it starred, of course, Meryl Streep, who played Miranda Priestly, a powerful fashion magazine editor. And Anne Hathaway played Andrea Andy Sachs, a college grad who goes to New York City and lands a job as Priestly's co-assistant. And it was brutal in its own way. And here is the quote. They're sitting in a limousine. I watched the clip. Thank you very much, Sylvie. Uh, They're sitting in a clip and they're talking about whether Andy really wants to continue working for Miranda and what is the life and what she's getting into, blah, blah, blah. And... Miranda looks at her and says, everybody wants to be us. Ooh, Sylvia, good goosebumps on that one. Tell me, why did you pick that one? Love the quote. Yeah, well, I love the film. Uh, it's, uh, you know, she's representing uh, the person to follow in fashion. She's a reference, everything she shows, everybody wants to buy it. So she's a reference. So I, I, I thought that sentence was exactly what we mean when we, we want to be influencers and we want to influence uh, in a proper way. And uh, finally, people are following us not only because what we are telling, but because they want to be at our place, finally. They want to look like us. They, uh, in, uh, it, it, I think it's right. I, I think it's, uh, the, 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 the sentence tells everything. Everyone, everybody wants to be us, and this is why they're going to drink what you drink or buy what you buy or... Um, or think that uh, everything you tell them is uh, something that is uh, appropriate. So of course it's not really the case. I mean, when we when we influence, uh, not everybody buys what we say. But um, I'm sure there's big influencers like. Bill Gates or Tim Cook uh, in technology that uh, are followed by. Um, Uh, millions of people and everybody would like uh, to be able to to be listened like they are interesting and that also Sylvia I think that also goes for the entertainment world right I think Ashton Kutcher had one of the greatest biggest early followings on social media I don't know who wants to be Ashton Kutcher Uh, Gaga probably has a huge one I think Britney Spears and the question was is it really them or is it somebody posting for them I know there was a lot and we'll talk about authenticity thank you all for the great quotes I really appreciated those and now we're going to get to the predictions part of the show each of my guests has sent me four predictions we're not going to make this a formal roundtable where we all comment on each other's but I will read the prediction if it's very long, like Jonathan's. He wrote a book, a novel for each one. I appreciate that. I really do. I'll read a little bit of yours. The others are shorter, one sentence, I think, each. Lindsay's are a little bit long, and I appreciate that. That's great. I'll read a little bit or the full thing if it's short. Louis sent me some very one-liners, which are great. And then I'll ask you to take about two minutes and expand it. As they say on the news, unpack it, please. Oh, I've got to unpack this. And we're going to find out what it really has relevance to do with our topic. And if you're just tuning in, this is Technology Revolution, the Future of Now. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. I'm here with my wonderful panelists. We have Loïc Simon. I'm saying it with a French accent. Lindsay Boggs, no accent needed. Jonathan Pogat, new pe- newcomer to my shows, and Sylvie Lashkar. So thank you very much. And our topic is the future of your personal social media brand. 
Is it helping or hurting your career, your business, your reputation, your lifestyle, your ability to get a job, to start a company, to get funding for something, to get into social circles, whatever you're trying to do in your life? What is the impact? And that's what we're trying to figure out. Are there pitfalls or is it just, eh, doesn't really matter. We're going to find that out. So I'm going to prediction number one, Louis Simon, and he says in his prediction, live streaming video and audio, and that's what we're doing today, is huge for personal branding in 2021. Luik, is that good or bad? Talk to me. No, I think it's both bad and good if you are not authentic, if you do not have something strong that you can share with the world, if you are not a person of confidence, a person who is credible, professional, if you are not somebody with congruence, then you will have a hard time doing any sort of video, any sort of uh, of webinars, any sort of live streaming, especially. Live streaming is, is, is really, a, a, let's say, the authenticity in front of the people that you cannot shun from, you cannot go away from it. You cannot say, oh, I will retake this, uh, this shot and then speak differently or speak something different, whatever. So for me, all the platforms right now push people to go into live streaming, including LinkedIn that you want to live stream on yourself, uh, Bonnie. Yeah? And mm-hmm. I, th- I think that in 2021, especially on professional networks, of course, on Twitch, of course, on other networks like, uh, like TikToks and whatever. Yeah? Live streaming is al- already king. But for professionals like me, it will be paramount in 2021 to be really live streaming, both on audio and video. Yeah? Again, to project confidence, credibility, and congruence, the three Cs. That's my perspective. Thank you very much. But where, where are the dangers in that? What about, just quickly, Loic, in terms of how you present yourself on that video? If you are, if you are a scammer, if you are a, fr- a fraud, if you have somebody who manipulates people, if you are somebody of, of no value and the impact you have on the world is crappy, then you will go down, according to me, or you won't do it, but then nobody will believe you if you are not really uh, projecting this like we do today. Thank you very much. Let's go to prediction number two from Lindsay because she already covered number one. But Lindsay, we're going to get back to the idea of the fake book later on. I will, I will go back to your prediction number one. Lindsay says in prediction number two, photos live forever, forever. She puts it all in caps. That's what she tells her daughter. And she says, does she check a candidate's social media? LinkedIn, yes. Facebook sometimes. Does it bother her if she sees pictures of boozy parties in college or booze and parties in college? No. Lindsay? Talk to me. What's this prediction? Why does it matter or doesn't it? It matters because I do look at people's LinkedIn's absolutely before I interview them because I believe LinkedIn is your online reputation, not your online resume. I want to see what you're sharing. I want to see what you're posting, engaging with, things like that. Do you take your profession seriously? Do I look at their Facebooks? Occasionally. I used to a lot. And then when I had my own mental breakdown in 2016, I really took a step back and thought, listen, I'm looking at these people's Facebooks and I see, yeah, there were a lot of booze at that, on that picture. I was in college too one time, right? You've got to have some normalcy in understanding that I've been there too. And Did I go back and delete all of my content from those years? I actually did. Some people forget to, but that doesn't deter me away from talking to that person because I want to talk to a human. I want to be humanizing the sales experience. People want to buy from people, not salespeople. So the more human you can be, the better. And that's why I do look at Facebook. 
but that, and I do look at their Twitter, but I don't put, you know, if I see something that they posted politically that I don't agree with, that doesn't mean I can't interview them to understand them as a person. Not, I'm not going to inquire about what they posted politically because that's not my place. Very interesting. From the side of the recruiter, the hirer. Very interesting. Thank you, Lindsay. Let's go to Jonathan's prediction number one. It was very well written along. I'm just going to read a little tiny bit. Jonathan says, your social media footprint, audience reach and engagement will be the competitive advantage for out-the-door compensation. Jonathan, you need to unpack this for us, please. Go ahead. A little bit. And, um, you know, I think we're, we're starting to see some of this now, right? Like your personal brand is attached to uh, who you associate with, whether that be your, your social network uh, of friends, colleagues, and especially the companies uh, that you work for, right? I'm always going to know right now that Lindsay works for Citrix, right? And uh, I've been following Lindsay forever, I think, actually. We'll talk about mm. that later, but I've mm. always been a huge fan. Um, but yeah, I believe, you know, the re- recruiting process will not only just include your experience, your education, your accomplishments, accomplishments, et cetera, but also, um, your social, your personal brand, right? Um, who you stand for, how many followers do you have? How engaged is your audience? How many connections do you have? Right. It sounds very transactional. Obviously you need to be doing a great job with being authentic and providing a lot of value back to that audience and a lot of value back to the, the community wherever you are on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, you know, Clubhouse, wherever you are, et cetera. But uh, I really do believe it's going to be an asset that's going to help s- separate you from the crowd and ultimately uh, get you compensated better. Thank you very much. Very interesting. Let's go to Sylvie prediction number one. Sylvie predicts it will be harder to check what your online reputation says about you. Sylvie, talk to me. Yeah, um, I, I, I say that in a, in a way that a lot of people are looking for automating their, their communication, automating their posts, uh, using community managers. So we don't know who is talking. So we come back to authenticity here. Uh, so uh, a, a host can, people can, can post through your profile and you don't control it necessarily. And I, I, I don't like that because I think uh, this is not consistent, uh, consistent with what you are, uh, with what you, uh, what is your personality, what is your brand. And uh, so finally, uh, we don't get who you are. And you, you mustn't forget that uh, the real life is not on social. The real life is you're meeting customers, you're, make, you're having business. So sometimes you meet people or you get recruited and wow, you are someone different. Uh, so um, you don't match with what you project. And this is a high risk, uh, um, I think, a high risk to be seen as a person you're not. Thank you very much. I think Lindsay has something she wants to say. Raise that hand, Lindsay Boggs. That's why I love Log. I love doing on Zoom, and you know, Lindsay knows this, Louis knows this, and Sylvie probably. Uh, Jonathan, I've been doing internet radio on the phone for 10 years until about the spring of 2020. And for some reason, the pandemic said to me, 
Go get on Zoom. Start to watch people talk, watch them think, see their reactions. And it's such a pleasure. Now I get to see people I will never meet in person physically, but it's a whole new world. So thank you very much. So I could see Lindsay waving her hand. Lindsay, talk to me. And the Zoom, I got dressed for you today. So you're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead. What's your comment on on Sylvie's prediction? I, I completely agree with Sylvie. And here's the thing I'd like to add. I believe that a lot of people out there are still in this fake book environment, meaning you only post what is going great. You don't post the bad things that are happening to you. I saw a quote from Scary Mommy the other day about, it was a quote that said something like, by the way, in 2020, I almost got a divorce, but you didn't see any of that on my Facebook. You should, I showed happy photos of our family photo outings. And I believe that you have to look at somebody's profile and understand everyone has challenges, but they're not going to share about them. And that's why I follow more people in my feed that are more authentic. That's what I'm looking for. I'm looking to be more authentic. I'm looking, I share my bad days now, not every day because I'm going to keep some of my life separate from social rights, but the people that are consistently like every day is the best day ever. And look at this, look at this new car, look at this new house, look at that. Like that was me in 2015. I was one of those people where I only shared the positives. I, you know, touted my success, which success to me now is different than it was then. And I really believe that people are longing for more interaction with human elements and authenticity. Thank you. And let me make a comment and I'll, I'll ask if anybody else has them. When I look at those happy family, 14 people at a pre-COVID, 14 people at a table, grandchildren and aunts and uncles and, and everybody and mom and dad and grandma and grandpa, I look at those photos and I say, seriously, they're all that happy. They're really having a good time. They really managed to get that many people together in one restaurant at one time, and they're all just having the time of their lives. I don't believe it. And it, it looks to me, Lindsay, in their reality of look at how wonderful and happy our family is. And look at this great restaurant we went to. Look at the great pizza we ate or the great fish fries or whatever we ate. I see them as projecting something that I don't believe is possible. Or I look at it and I say to myself, well, how come my grandchildren haven't come to see me? And we, I don't have 14 grandchildren. How come they haven't come to see me and we haven't gone to dinner? What's wrong with me? I have, I have reflected privately what's wrong with me that I don't have all those things to post on social media. But then the question really is, is everybody taking that the way you say they are, Lindsay, that now there's a real person? Is it, oh, that person's depressed, maybe they would bring some mental health issues to the workplace. Maybe I don't want to hire them. And and we know everybody has an opinion on that. Lindsay, quick comment on that. There is a, there is a pitfall, a potential pitfall to being that honest. What do you think? There is a pitfall. And I'll say that one of the quotes that I've learned in my mental health journey is check up on your really happy friends, check up on them. Mm. Be the ones that are struggling the most. And that was me in 2015 because everyone on the outside looking in was like, oh, my God, look at her perfect life. Look at her white picket fence. Look at her nice cars. Look at her great job. And in reality, I was suicidal. I'm going to say something very trite. Thank you for sharing. And and take take that from my heart, please. Okay, let's go. Oh, Sylvia, you want to say something? Yeah, I want to add something to that is that in a professional career, um, it happened to me and even even though if I pay attention, uh, but uh, 
This week, uh, I uh, took an idea that Loic had uh, to share his agenda. And I said, oh, I share my agenda with the main things I was doing this week, which were an article mm-hmm. written, which was yep. uh, two conferences. So you remember yep. that post? I saw it. Mm-hmm. And I had some people commenting uh, at my office saying, but uh, so you're not working for ICA anymore. You're doing something else. And uh, are, you, are you really working for ICA? And I said, well, that's just an extract of what are you doing? And I also promote my company by doing that. And I did not realize by posting that, that it could be interpreted this way. Yes, yes. And that brings me to, thank you, Sylvie. Let's go around the table. I have a question for all of you before I do another round of predictions. I think this is important. We've heard in the past, and Louis, you may have already addressed this tangentially, but do we need two profiles? Do we need to have, this is who I am on LinkedIn for business. Wait, wait, let me just finish it. And this is who I am on Facebook. In other words, I will admit that I have two completely different names I use on social because I have a radio show that is not business where I do a completely different kind of show. It, nothing wrong. I just talk to authors and I call them my creatives on Monday night on a different part of Voice America. And my name is AKA Radio Red. It's a, it's a cute name I adopted years ago. And the reason I did it because AKA sorts high in the, in the sort. If you're sorting a list, A's go above B's and Z's and D's. And I was a programmer back in the day, Jonathan. I know about Ibsenic and sorting. So I, I picked AKA and it just stuck. So I have two different brands that I want to keep separate. I don't let people on that show call me Bonnie. I don't want to be associated. Nothing wrong. I'm not doing anything wrong. I just want that separate. So let's go around the table. (laughs) We're not going to take a vote, but I love just a 30-second opinion on do you need the personal side and the professional side should you have multiple profiles. Louis, go first. By the way, this was my third prediction, uh, Bonnie, you were talking about. I say no more split identities. No more people who are... Mr. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde uh, separate on different networks. For me, you have to choose one, one, who you are. Of course, it's better to project your, a better version of yourself than being just, as I say, really raw and completely crappy and whatever. And I advise you to read the book, which is called uh, The Alter Ego Effect, which is really excellent in helping you uh, Find out who you want really to become, who you really want to be. And this is a person you project on LinkedIn, you project on Facebook, you project on TikTok if you are a creator or a commentator on TikTok and not only a consumer. Yeah? I believe you, have, you are only one today. It's very complex to have separate lives on different networks, according to me. And that's my prediction, by the way, for 2021. You don't have to ask me anymore. <laughs> that's that's your number three prediction. So we've just jumped number to number three. three. Thank you, Louis. So let's go around the table, agree or disagree. Lindsay, you're sitting next, virtually sitting next to Louis. What's your what's your thought? One a profile, two profiles. I'm going to stick with mine because that's that's makes me comfortable, and nobody really cares. So but you are two people. Yeah. You are two people because you have you have a stage job. You have it's different if if you are an actor or whatever. Yep. Yeah. Yep. yep. Okay. I'm a hybrid approach, and here's why I'm hybrid. Um, my LinkedIn, my Facebook, are and my Twitter are all pretty much the same person you're going to see. My Instagram, however, I have two Instagram handles. One for my Lindsay Boggs social selling person. And then I have my personal Lindsay Boggs. And here's why. This is the only reason why. 
My husband is a very private person, completely opposite of me. And he doesn't even have social media. He has LinkedIn because I made him, but, and I manage it for him. But um, I, on my personal Instagram, I post pictures of my children. And because I've got such a big following on LinkedIn, people want to follow me on Instagram. And I want to give them that opportunity to follow me on Instagram, but follow my personal Instagram, not my private Instagram, because my private Instagram has my children. And to protect their privacy, I don't, I keep that very, very small. So that's the only reason why I am a hybrid. But I do believe the idea of like one person, but when you involve other people like your children, I think that's where you could do a hybrid. And I will tell you, Lindsay, that a lot of people in their bios, they send me for my business shows, put the names of their children, their ages, what city they live in, what their hobbies are, what clubs they belong to. And I politely say no personal information. When I post your bio on the guest directory, and you know where that is, it's publicly available. I'm not going to put the names and ages of your children there. I don't want I don't want to expose you. That's me saying I draw that line to protect the, just protect the life of the people who are gracious enough to come on my shows. That's that's my limit of what I will allow. So people, oh, I'm in this club, I'm this club, and I bake this, and I go to the ear, and here's where I live, and it's a great city. No, 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 no. Not for your professional bio, Jonathan. We need to get you to weigh in on this one profile, two or many. How do you how do you work with that, or what do you think? I think I take a pretty similar approach uh, to to Lindsay. So Jonathan Pogat, the the business guy, is the same person at home, and vice versa. So um, I'm the same person on LinkedIn that I am pretty much at home. Other than I might not talk about Pokemon cards in my eight year old as much on LinkedIn, you know. But maybe that's a good idea to do so. I could be a little bit more authentic and real, reveal a little bit more about my personal self. So Epiphany, thank you, everybody. But um, same profiles, if anything, um, I don't keep, I keep my Instagram pretty closed and, and mostly just because it's a little bit boring, right? It's like me, it's my kids at the pool, it's, uh, you know, the family. Um, it's it's kind of like my own personal photo album, if anything. And then everything else is is fairly open. So I believe in being the same person. I totally agree with um, keeping parts of your life private, especially if you're in the public eye, right? And if you're posting on any social media platform, you're in the public eye. You don't need to have 100,000 followers, 50,000 followers, et cetera. Uh, you're out there, right? If you work with a cu- for a company with a lot of customers, like all of us do on this panel, you don't want your 100 to 200 thousand customers connecting with you uh, on social media. It's just, if anything, uh, might be a pain to just accept them all or, 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 or engage with them all. But I think there's a little bit of partitioning that's fair. Thank you very much. Sylvie Lashkar, love to get your thoughts. One, two, or many. Who we, who we got? So I have evolved a lot on this. Uh, before, I was saying just one profile, one person. Uh, we have a personal life, we have a professional life, but we are we are the same person working or not working. Uh, of course, that means that uh, if we want to keep it private in Facebook or Instagram, we put security and we don't accept everyone so that we can communicate as we want. Uh, in, and keep our intimacy. And by the way, we all have different level of intimacy. Uh, some of us are very secret and some of us don't have uh, a clue of uh, uh, showing their children or their holidays or whatever. Where I evolve is that now um, in the future, you will have a lot of people having several jobs 
several activities mm -hmm. uh, like you have. You have two different radio shows. Um, and you can be a writer, you can be a journalist, uh, you can uh, have a company of production. So, and you can't have one brand for all of those activities. So in this case, uh, and this is what you did, uh, you need to create uh, different brands, so different profiles. Thank you very much. Somebody have any, any comments? Luke, you want to comment back yeah, to it? For, yeah, for me, it's like it's more like a corporate brand or uh, like I have the social selling forum on one side and another brand on the other side. But it's still Loic Simon, one and only Loic Simon, according to me. I'm not two different person, even if I am a slasher, you know. Interesting. Um, one of my pictures on social media, I post me on the drums. I've I'm, I'm been a drummer for a couple of years. I have a band. I play with a band. And I have a picture of me holding the drumsticks with a drum kit in front of me. You wouldn't believe how many people relate to me on that. And they'll say, hey, you play the drums. What kind of music? That's so cool. And it brings out their ability to tell me their story. I've, I've met business people, Sylvie, at SAP who've been on many of my shows on in Future of Industry 4.0 and heavy duty supply chain topics. So they say, oh, I've been a drummer for 25 years and I created a topic on this show in the fall of 2020 on the future of drummers drumming and making that kind of music. And I had a gentleman from SAP who has been a drummer for 25 years. He sent me videos of his playing and I learned something about organizing my drum kit from his layout. His son has been a drummer for 12 years. He brought me one of the musicians and we did a show on the future of drummers and drumming. And if I hadn't posted that picture, he wouldn't have known and opened up. So there's something about that personal side. And I think it's in my Twitter profile, drummer, drummer chick. I'm allowed to say that also. Let's move on. Lindsay, I'm going to look at, we've used a lot of your predictions we've covered, but I want to look at uh, your prediction number four. And I'm going to pick the last line of this, Lindsay. I think this is important. Lindsay says, LinkedIn profiles will always be viewed, but I don't believe your past will always haunt you. Maybe I'm an optimist. Lindsay, Lindsay let's hear your optimism on this. Why? My optimism is this. When people join my team, they already have some preconceived notion of who I am because they've likely looked on my LinkedIn. They have Googled me. I know when I get a new manager, I find out a lot about them online just to see who they are. When they join my team, they know my vulnerability that I had in doing a TEDx talk on my suicide ideation that I had back when I had a nervous breakdown. And I thought, you know, before I did the TEDx talk, I thought really hard about, is this going to hurt my career? Are people going to, am I going to submit a resume or, you know, people recruit me and then they get to the part of the background check and they look at, oh, she did a TEDx talk because she almost committed suicide. Are they going to judge me? In reality, um, last year I was a nominee for the top culture award at Citrix in sales. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that I am so open and vulnerable and I have so many people on my team that have come to me sharing me sharing with me their mental health struggles and it only bonds us closer so we have that kind of respect for each other to know what it's like to go through a mental health episode so i believe that your past does not always haunt you i believe in forgiveness and i i look to employers to to agree that forgiveness is a thing um, especially if they did something that maybe is less than ideal I believe that people can change, and I know that I've, I'm firsthand experience of change. Thank you. Very heartfelt, Lindsay. I appreciate that. 
Let's go to Jonathan Pogat's prediction number three. He says, social media platforms will begin to reveal whether a social media post was originally posted by the original, and I'll say the named poster, if I may, or a community manager. And Jonathan says, this is a bold prediction. Talk to me, Jonathan. Let's expand this, please. I think so. But in my opinion, right, some of my predictions here are a little bit out there and polarizing, but I think we deserve to know, right? And uh, I think we alluded to that a little bit earlier in regard to people can tell the difference between your authentic self and your inauthentic self, right? You move to a new job and people go, what happened, right? This isn't the person that I read about on LinkedIn. This doesn't sound like the thought leader or person or whatever it may have been that I I looked at at social media when we first connected, right? And I think that uh, people just deserve authenticity and transparency. Um, I have done on behalf of clients and ourselves a number of testing uh, tests on LinkedIn in regard to posting from, uh, you know, I'll call it the original poster. It's an old uh, old term, right? The OP's account um, versus a community manager's account. And there are a number of reasons other than just algorithmic, but uh, the original person's account always wins out in terms of engagement, in terms of followership, likes, comments, shares, etc. cetera. Uh, I think LinkedIn knows. I know if you're logged in as an admin, they absolutely know. It'll say this has been posted by the person's name, not the uh, original poster or the the person's profile, <clears throat> right? And I think we should deserve to know the difference. And I think everyone's going to be all the better for it, right? I think we're better for it knowing that, uh, Bonnie, when you're posting, it's you. When mm-hmm. I'm posting, it's me. It's not a, a social media strategist that came up with a content calendar 30 days ago and decided to schedule the post on Tuesday on behalf of you, your show, me, my show, et cetera. Uh, I think the world would be a better place if we knew. Thank you very much. Interesting, Jonathan, you mentioned that. I have a uh, somebody I know who is a journalist, a political reporter, a writer of big stories about big political figures. I'll just say that I won't name her. And she tweets. And for some reason, I'm following her and, and she shows up every morning. I get an email, what's going on on Twitter? And she's one of the people who must be at the top of my list. I'm not sure why. She never posts anything that, uh, of her own saying. She always retweets and says, yes, and an RT, and then the person, so I have to click and go to where that was, and what's the thread, and what's the feed, and where did that person say it, and maybe she's trying to say, this is my opinion, I share it with this person, but there's never a comment. Anybody want to want to comment on that? Is that authentic, or is that lazy, or is it telling? Loic, what do you think? Yeah, by the way, it was my second prediction about curation, which according to me is dead. 10 years ago, in order to develop my personal branding, I was able to just curate content coming from other people, from articles, from posts, yes. whatever. And I think today this, this way of doing is purely dead if you want to develop your personal brand. If you want to develop your personal brand, you have to, to comment, 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 and add a lot of value to comments that you do. That's the first thing you have to do, comment on other people's stuff, posts, and then you have to post yourself to, me, to be among the 1% who do posting and live streaming, by the way, and video and mm-hmm. whatever, you name it. So I think just retweeting or just sharing or just... Uh, and no value anymore, at least for developing a personal brand. I, I would tend to agree. Sylvie, go ahead. Yeah, correction is just made to find good content, and then you are commenting or giving a point of view about. So uh, it's a basic of uh, 
of the comment and you can promote your brand by telling what you think about an article, a video or whatever. And this is really important uh, to do it. Never, never share something uh, without commenting. Never share uh, a content without commenting. Thank you. And I find it annoying because I have to find what she's retweeted. I have to find the link, which is usually a compressed, fake, fakey looking link, you know, and go to the thread where that person commented and see who they are. And you know what? It's too much work. It's just too much work. And part of my brand, I think, on LinkedIn is when I post clips from my shows that I've, I've live streamed on Facebook because I'm not on LinkedIn yet as a, as a uh, live streamer, I put wow. That's part of my brand. It's a wow times one, wow times two. Sylvia, you've seen these. Wow times four. Lindsay, you've seen these. Because I'm so excited to be posting. So that's that's part of my brand. I should say drum roll number four. Let's see if we can squeeze in one more prediction. Sylvia, I'm looking at your number four. We may have covered this, but I think there's another flavor in here. You say, because of multiple activities, your brand will be made out of several. Sylvia, why don't you take about 60 seconds and then we'll do a wrap up around the table. Go ahead, Sylvia. Yeah, what I didn't say about this uh, uh, is, uh, of course, um, uh, when when you, when you you build your brand, uh, you can be someone with multiple activities, which is my case. I mean, I'm a coach. I'm a, I'm an expert in social selling. Uh, I'm a, I'm also uh, in uh, digital communication. So I have several. Uh, um, branches of my tree, right? Uh, so that can be seen also as something interesting by companies or by customers. Uh, that, uh, but uh, if, if for example, I would like, I would have several businesses uh, that have nothing to do one with another. Uh, I think it should be separate. So, uh, and it, th- that is going to come more and more in the future. So, I think that we need to think about this before we 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 settle those brands and and we uh, we create uh, our different accounts. Thank you, Sylvie. Thank you all for such interesting. I love when we go from predictions, we go into a conversation. And I love the way it's just organic where you all had something to say about each other's and the expansion. And I'm, I'm watching you all on Zoom and appreciating. Luik, I can see when he's ready to pounce on something, his eyes start to get big. And he's, he's leaning into his desk and he's waving a lot. And I, I can see when all of you and Lindsay, I said to her, you want to comment in the chat? Raise your hand. Okay, here's my hand. Don't be afraid. It's wonderful. I want to do a shout. Shout out to a couple of people. Loic, you are so busy. I want to thank you so much for being here. I'm always very honored to have you, Monsieur. Sylvie, the same thing. I, I ad- admire your work and your verve and your vivaciousness and all the things you do. Lindsay, you're a, a wonder of somebody who has mastered the art of being authentic through the good and the not so good and coming out shining like a star of real people and sharing with others. And I, I applaud you for that. Jonathan, you're a big surprise. You came to me through Brandon Bornanson, who was invited and couldn't attend. So I want to say thank you to Brandon and thank you to Alexis. Her name is Saliba at Seamless AI for helping Jonathan get on board with this. And Jonathan, I'm so honored to meet you. Very articulate young man. I can say young man. <laughs> and I appreciate all of the insights you shared. And let's all do a shout out quickly to Aaron Keller. Everybody say thank Thank you, Aaron. He's my engineer. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you, Aaron. Aaron. See, there you go. I actually have another engineer on a different show who tells me not to use his last name because he is not on social media and he just is okay with the first name I called him. My first name, one name wonder. There you go. By the way, Sylvia, my brand is Bonnie D. Graham on 
40, uh, on 51 of my series and the Monday Night Show, which I've been doing myself for over 25 years on terrestrial and internet radio stations. It's been all over the place. That's my AKA Radio Red, and I shouldn't have shared that secret <laughs> today. So I want to thank you all. And everybody, remember, if somebody tells you, the future is already here. I want you to look them in the eye, whether it's virtual or real. I want you to wag your finger and I say, no, that was yesterday's future. Today's future is about to happen. And I know all of us are going to make it a better one. Everybody wave goodbye. Bye-bye. Bonnie Bye. DeGram signing off. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for Technology Revolution, the future of now. Mark your calendar to join host Bonnie D. Graham every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel to hear how technology is impacting your future now.